Turf, the last time we talked, you were changing a tire on that 1937 Packard getting ready for your first road game of the season. I trust you made it to South Oklahoma State in good shape. Well, that's right. You know, we've been talking on these here programs about all the folks you got to have behind the scenes. And if it hadn't been for our trainer, good old Scrape Simpson, we might never have made it. You know, good old Scrape dug in that bag of tricks of his. He got some tape. He got some band-aids. He fixed that tire. And we made it to Oklahoma in record time. Well, it's good to have people like that you can rely on. I know all of our listeners are wondering about the outcome of your season opener. What kind of game was it? Well, it was a fine ball game. You know, we played a fine ball game. Of course, them boys over at SOS, they played a fine ball game. So what the fans, when everything was all over, said and done with, seen over there, was a fine ball game. And did you pick up that predicted first victory of the season? Well, no, uh, you know, we did go over there predicting that we was going to pick up a victory, but, uh, you know, uh, when I looked at the statistics, when everything was over, said, and done with, uh, my strategy kind of backfired a little bit. Well, we got beat 33 and zip. Well, Coach, you told me you put SOS first on the schedule this year because their program was having a little trouble, and it looked like they might be somebody the Oysters could beat. What, what happened in the ballgame? Well, I think this could serve as a lesson to every coach out there. You know, you can't take any opponent lightly. you got to make sure that you're prepared when you go to play them. And this could be a real good example of somebody sneaking up on you and beating you when you expect to pull out an easy victory and you don't prepare good enough. Well, them folks can just sneak up on you. you got to take everybody like they's the best team in the nation and be prepared when you play them. Well, exactly what went wrong, Coach? Was there something missing in Coach Lewis and Coach Clark's scouting report? Well, that's right. You could say that, but uh, actually what's missing is Coach Lewis and Coach Clark because, uh, you know, they sent that message in code, and what that message said when I finally got the right code book out was that they was lost, that they uh, couldn't even find SOS, and so they wasn't going to be no scouting report. Well, we'll be back in just a moment for the details on the Oysters season opener against SOS right after this message. In the out. Art Turf Show, I almost said outhouse, Art Turf Show <laughs> is proudly brought to you by Yeti Drinking Mugs and Coolers. <clears throat> outhouse, huh? Almost. I think maybe that's where they record this Pro- show. Probably makes sense. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, Coach, that 33 to nothing score would seem to indicate that not much went right for the Oysters in your first game of the season. Well, that's right. You know, we had one of them weeks when if it could go wrong, it went wrong. You know, we had a flat tire on the Packard. We had a little bit of trouble getting our scouting report, and scouting report come in and cold. We couldn't figure out what in the world was going wrong, and then we went out there to the ball field. We lost a coin toss, I think, for the 1,767th time in a row. And But what I was real upset about was the way that SOS run up the score on us at the end of that ball game. They was padding their lead. I guess that's what you call your SOS pad. <laughs> Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-A-H-F-M. 
Ah, look at that sunshine out there. Don't let it fool you, though. It's chilly. Yeah, boy. 31 degrees right now outside our studios. Looking ahead every morning, it says it's going to be right in that zone. But then on Wednesday, by midday, it's supposed to be 77. Oh, boy. Whatever it is, it is. This is the party line with a free-for-all edition on a Monday morning. March 28th it is, folks, and of course the year is 2022. It sure is. You know, I said this morning, I don't know if you heard this or not, but old man winter is not going down without a fight, it appears, as he's hanging right around. He must like this area. Well. How about that snow over the weekend? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I mean, it really didn't amount to much, but it, it was... At moments, uh, well, the the wind, the wind was extraordinary this oh, week. Oh, why, yes. Well, anyway, uh, good morning, folks. Welcome. Today is, um, let's see here, National Weed Appreciation Day. Are they talking about literal weeds, or are they talking <laughs> about the expression weed? I think they're talking about literal weeds. Let's hope so. For instance, uh, I think they mentioned dandelions. Okay. And how actually nutritious they are. And they, in their younger stage especially, they contain uh, vitamins A and C and potassium. Okay, have you done that? Have I eaten one? Yeah. Sure. Really? Yeah. Well, good night. Yeah, I even cooked some to see what they tasted like one time, and they they were a little not out of my taste range. Okay, I would say now I have heard of people making wine from dandelions. Hmm. They use that in the fermenting process. Okay, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that is to which it is referring. National Weed Appreciation Day. Yeah. Okay, it's National Something on a Stick Day. So that could be a popsicle, right? Yeah, fudge sickle, oh, ice fudge cream sickle, bar. Any of those sort of or things. Or it could be Jeff Dunham's character, Jose on a stick. Or as he says, on a stick. The comedian. Have you seen him? I don't know. He I does. Just- He's a uh, ventriloquist and has many, many characters. Okay. And one of one of the funniest ones he has is Walter. <laughs> I guess he, I'll have to dig into he, this later a, tonight. He's a grumpy old guy. I bet a lot of listeners know who I'm so talking about. I'm. Give me what I would look up. Uh, Jeff Dunham. Okay. D U N H A M. Okay. And uh, he has a character called Jose on a stick. It's a jalapeno on a stick <laughs> with a mustache and sleepy eyes and okay. uh, dark hair. 
bushy okay. eyebrows. I'll research and it later. And its mouth moves. National Black Forest Cake Day. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, let's see, National Triglycerides Day. Okay, now triglycerides. Triglycerides, uh, that's one of the key factors to a healthy lifestyle. And this day serves as a reminder to patients and practitioners to know about the hidden risks of triglycerides. Well, what, so, what, what is a triglyceride? Well, if they are very high level in your blood, uh, they can be a risk factor for heart disease. Do certain foods have more triglycerides I would than say so, yes. They're different from cholesterol, although they are both a type of a lipid or fat stored in your blood. Triglycerides store unused calories and give the body energy, but cholesterol builds cells and some hormones. All righty. Well... So you need to monitor those, and blood tests will tell you if they are within the normal limits. And, it, you know, it could be if, if they are... are there are there's, what, 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 what are triglycerides contained in? In the blood. No, I mean, what, um, what food produces them the most, or items? Um, well, I would say the, the fatty foods, the processed foods. Okay. Things like that, um, you know, even things that we're <laughs> that I say, you know, things that have fat in them, but that gives it flavor to me. Mm. And people say that's not good for you, and I say that's why it tastes so good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. So it. anyway, if you don't keep an eye on those triglycerides, uh, it could lead to diabetes or um, metabolic syndrome, hypothyroidism and rare genetic conditions. So check uh, check your tries. You see, we we have Dr. Oz, we can now have Dr. Scott. Dr. Daly. Dr. Daly. Yes, double D. Daily doctors. That's it. Okay. <clears throat> well, let's see. Let's move on to some historical events. Okay, in the year 364, Roman Emperor Valentinian I appoints his brother Flavius Valens co-emperor. Eighteen fifty-four, Britain and France declare war on Russia during the Crimean. 1939, Spanish Civil War ends. Madrid falls to the Nationalists, headed by the Francisco Franco. 1946, in the Cold War, the United States State Department releases the um, Atchison-Lilenthal Report. Outlining of plan for the international control of nuclear power. Um, let's see, famous birthdays. Maxim Gorky. What a name. Gorky. He was born in 1868, died in 1936. 
Mr. Gorky. Maxim Gorky was a Russian writer and political activist. He was nominated five times for the Nobel Prize in Literature. Hmm. How about that? We have four people mentioned today. The other three are all living, which is good. Julia Stiles, today her 41st birthday. Julia Stiles. Julia O'Hara Stiles is an American actress born and raised in New York City. Stiles started acting at the age of 11, performing with New York's La Mama Experimental Theater Club. Some of her movies include 10 Things I Hate About You, Jason Bourne, Save the Last Dance, and The Bourne Identity. Some of my favorite movies, the Bourne movies, the series. This next gal, none of us have heard of, but we'll, we'll try to fill you in. Lady Gaga, I think it's pronounced. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Celebrating her 36th birthday. Gaga. Yes, Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata, also known professionally as Lady Gaga, is an American singer, songwriter, and actress. She is known for her image reinventions and musical versatility. Gaga began performing as a teenager, singing at open mic nights and acting in school plays. She once wore a dress made out of nothing but meat slices. Fresh or raw? Fresh raw meat. Raw meat. Yes, slices. Okay. Let's see. Our our final uh, birthday is that of Vince Vaughn. And um, celebrating his 52nd birthday. Vince Vaughn. A few actors and actresses in here this morning. Yes, indeed. Vincent Anthony Vaughn is an American actor, comedian, screenwriter, and producer. Vaughn began acting in the late 1980s, appearing in minor television roles before attaining wider recognition with the 1996 comedy drama film Swingers. Some of his other credits include Wedding Crashers, The Breakup, Freaky, and the internship. And he has also appeared in Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> There's one for the years, for the ages, isn't it? Uh, Sex in the City, True Detective, and F is for Family. Two deaths to bring up. Ivan the Terrible. He was born in 1530, but died in 1584. And uh, looking at his uh, picture here, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Ivan the Fourth Vasilevich, commonly known in English as Ivan the Terrible, was the Grand Prince of Moscow from 1980, or excuse me, 1533 to 1547. I'm glad he's still not around. Um, <laughs> so he was in charge at the age of three? 1533. And 1547, yep, he was. First Moscow ruler who declared himself the Tsar of all Russia from 1547 
1584, and he was the first Moscow ruler born after its independence. I got to shake hands once with the next person being mentioned. I thought you were going to say Ivan. No, sir. Um, I was not alive then. <laughs> but to Dwight D. Eisenhower, pre- former president, of course. He was born in 1890, died in 1969. And um, 34th president of the United States. Rather classy guy. And where did you shake hands, pray tell? In Washington with my dad. Oh. He was an American military officer and statesman who served as the 34th president of the United States from 1953 to 1961. And during the World War II, he served as the Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force in Europe and achieved the five-star rank of General of the Army. His vice president all of those years, Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. I remember one of Ike's most famous lines when they came upon concentration camps once the Allies had secured those areas was he ordered his filmers, his video men to go in there and video as much as they could about the Holocaust because he said some and he used an expletive will come along and try to say this never happened. Yeah. So he had all Ter- of, terrible conditions. Yes, all of his film crew film hours and hours. He said, as much as you can film, because in the future, some blank will come along and try to say this never happened. Well, what about current news? Um, Russian officials signaled Friday the military assault on the Ukraine may shift focus to now the eastern Donbass region, implying a month-long attack on cities across the country was a ploy to distract Ukrainian forces The statements come as Russian forces have largely been rebuffed by Ukrainian troops, with reports of mounting Russian casualties and a breakdown in supply logistics. It is unclear if or when the statements will translate to a change in Russian tactics on the ground. The contested Donbass region, located in southeastern Ukraine along the river border, has been controlled by pro-Russian separatist factions since 2014. Moscow recognized the independence of the territory in late February, just ahead of its full-scale invasion. President Joe Biden visited Poland over the weekend, a country that has taken more taken in more than 2.1 million 
Ukrainian refugees. In a speech, Biden declared Putin cannot remain in power. Comments the White House walked back, saying they did not amount to a call for a regime a regime change in Russia. Um, Yes, okay, well, let's move on to another story. I guess we have to talk about the... um, the Oscars, right? Coda, C-O-D-A, was the big winner at the Olympics last night. Uh, not the Olympics, excuse me, the Oscars last night. Taking home the ceremony's top award of Best Picture. The film, which was distributed by Apple TV+, Plus became the first from a streaming service to win the award. Troy Kotzer also won Best Supporting Actor for his role in the film, while writer and director Sean Hedder won Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, but the the story that's been catching the most uh, noise this morning involved a jarring and unscripted moment when actor Will Smith walked on stage and smacked comedian Chris Rock following a joke about Smith's wife. He didn't just lightly tap him either. I mean, it was a quick roundhouse smack the actor later apologized during his acceptance speech for best actor in his role in king richard um but jada pinkett smith this is um will smith's wife what what was said he made a comment chris rock made a joke about her shaved head he made a joke about it saying something regarding in in reference to gi jane okay if you remember that movie yeah with demi moore she was a soldier with her head was shaved in the movie well on one hand i i appreciate men who stand up for their ladies. On the other hand, was it that serious, or could it have just... Yeah, I didn't hear the joke, so I I don't know how uh, deep it was or offensive Mm -hmm. it was. But... uh, Clearly... um, Clearly upsetting to Will Smith for him to do that, and then... As he walked back and sat down, he kept yelling at Chris Rock. Right. But uh, that was certainly not part of the script of the show. Basketball. 
um, the final four teams of the men's NCAA tournament are locked in now. Um, let's see here. Number one, Kansas, will now play number two, Villanova. Yep. While number two, Duke, will face off against arch rival number eight, North Carolina. All this will take place on Saturday. And then the two remaining teams, the two winners, and one from each, um, will then have the championship game on Monday, April 4th. They've not announced a time for that last game yet. Yeah, it's usually... Uh, hopefully it starts earlier. They used to start them like at 9 o'clock. But I think they're going to try to start a little earlier, maybe an hour earlier, mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time. But if if you are familiar with those four schools, all four school colors are blue. Mm-hmm. So it's a blue Final Four. Villanova, blue and white. Kansas, blue and red. North Carolina, powder blue. And Duke, uh, Darker blue. Right. And I, I didn't know this either, but I thought I heard sports reports say that Duke and North Carolina, even though they are in such close proximity to each other in uh, near Chapel Hill, North Carolina, have never played each other in the Final Four. Well, that sounds a little odd. Yeah. It? I mean, they've played each other for years yeah. during a regular season schedule, but I think they've never played each other in a Final Four setting as many times as each school's been there. Well, Duke's win over number four, Arkansas, in the Elite Eight gave Coach Mike Krzyzewski his 13th Final Four appearance. Passing legendary UCLA coach John Wooden the for the uh, the most all time as North Carolina's win over St. Peter's ended the Peacocks Cinderella run having become the first 15 seed team to make the elite 8 they beat some really good teams to get that far in the tournament started by knocking off Kentucky. They also beat Purdue along the way. Purdue was ranked number one at one point in the season. On the women's side, favorites have largely dominated the bracket with number one seeds South Carolina and Stanford advancing to the final four. The women's Elite Eight wraps up tonight. here. I guess that's good enough from this report. Let's turn our attention to um, the New York Times for a few minutes and see what they have to say that might add something to all of this. 
Uh, they start out with the COVID. It reads, good morning. Many experts expect COVID caseloads to rise soon. Here are four steps to protect people. The BA2, they call it. This is a subvariant, an even more contagious version of Omicron, has already caused COVID-19 cases to rise across much of Europe. Here in the United States, caseloads have held steady over the past week, ending two months of sharp decline. And many experts are expecting increases soon. Wow, that's exciting. <clears throat> yeah, isn't it? I hate yeah, to I, say it, but I th- I understand from what I've read and heard, been told by health professionals that we have a small window yeah. here before we start experiencing that subvariant. Uh, being contracted here in in our country. So this New York Times newsletter, which I bring in often each morning, looks at four promising strategies for minimizing COVID's toll in the coming months. Number one absolutely concerns more boosters. Now, The second booster, I guess I had misunderstood it a little bit. But I thought that uh, it became eligible to people a few weeks ago. But that's evidently not the case. It is about to be made available. Correct. And um, I am... um, I had my first booster November 9th. And they go on to say that um, some are not aware they are eligible for a booster. Others have heard about boosters but are not interested. Um, The attitude is common. Almost one quarter of U.S. adults have been vaccinated but have not received a booster shot. I have. Any American who was vaccinated more than six months ago is eligible. These vaccinated but unboosted Americans are clearly open to receiving a COVID shot. And many would benefit significantly from getting boosted. Without a booster, immunity tends to wane. With a booster, people are are even more protected than they were shortly after receiving the second shot. Okay, boosters... Okay, so you you have shots one and two. 
and then some time passes, and then you're eligible for the first booster. And now they're saying it's almost time to start the second booster. Yeah, once it is finally approved. Yeah. So let's see what's next here. The immunocompromised. For a small percentage of Americans, vaccination is impossible or ineffective. This group includes people who are receiving cancer treatments and those who have received certain organ transplants. Fortunately, a new drug... No, no, no. Well, anyway, fortunately, a drug now exists that may help many of them. It is an injection called Evusheld. Evusheld. E-V-U-S-H-E-L-D. AstraZeneca is who developed it. With the help from, of course, government funding. It appears to provide months of protection, and the Biden administration has ordered enough doses to treat 850,000 people. But but about 80% of the available doses are sitting unused in warehouses, pharmacies, hospitals. Why? Well, many patients are unaware of this new thing. Some doctors are uncertain about who qualifies. And some hospitals are refusing to dispense it to eligible patients, saving it for people who they think might benefit more from it. Sounds like we've got to get that uh, figured out quickly. Yeah. The biggest problem is that there is absolutely no guidance or prioritization as, uh, or any rollout in place at all. A mess. Well, they'll get it figured out. Um, now, folks, um, Scott knows this. I told him last week. I have a meeting at 10 that I cannot miss. So I'm going to um, leave leave here now. And, Scott, I'm going to let you take it from here. I'm sorry that it's so abrupt like that. But we've got um, a report here with the most and least stressed states. We have to assume that's COVID-based, certainly. And we got more from the New York Times, right? Uh, well, it so looks that way. Yeah. So with that... I tell you what, I'm going to play a commercial. Or that's a song, isn't it? Yes, it is. And a good one. Okay, well, we'll play a song just to allow us to change places here. We'll shift gears here. And, uh, Scott, you finish up the show on a high note, okay? Sure. Okay.
song right there. As we uh, transition over here to the hot seat, chair number one, for me anyway, I always enjoy uh, being with you folks here, and uh, we'll cut that one that way right there where it is and continue on with the party line here on this Monday, March 28th, 2022. We've got 12 minutes until 10 o'clock, and uh, some things I looked up here that I wanted to share with you, as I knew we'd have a few minutes uh, to go, includes uh, some information about uh, waking up your brain, and it also says the secret to keeping everyday life from becoming boring is surprisingly easy. Sure, that makes it sound easy, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, before we get to that, hang on a minute. We've got a caller here, so let's uh, bring him on board and see see what they have to say. Hello? Well, I think maybe we lost him. Well, call back if you would like to do so. And uh, let me clear that line. There you go. So uh, if you would like to call back, 592-6646 on this Monday. Sunshine, 26 degrees. And a wind chill of 16. Don't let that sun fool you. Even though it's beautiful, bright, br- uh, beautiful, brilliant, glorious sunshine is what I say. All right, back to uh, uh, the, well, here we go. Let's try again. Let's see if we can bring our caller on board. Caller, go ahead. You are live on Party Line. Now I see why you folks weren't picking up. Dave was going out the door. Anyway, uh, I have a couple of things I wanted to ask. Okay. Uh, you folks were doing music last week, and I didn't get in. So one of the, well, first of all, we've talked about over the weekend and this morning about regime change. I'm sure we all thought that. We just didn't verbalize it, or at least we didn't verbalize it around a microphone <laughs> with Putin. Oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have thought that, too. He didn't say go in and kill him. He just said, you know. Vote him out or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was going to ask Dave. He, he refers to the New York Times, and then this morning he said, the New York Times newsletter, I always thought he was looking from the paper. What in the heck is the New York Times newsletter? Is that just a Good question. That's, pardon me? Good question. I don't know what it is either. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like a bunch of points that might be within the, the main fat paper. It's a big fat paper, you know, the New York Times. Yeah, it could be. A lot um, of people sit around and look at it and make them look big and intelligent. <laughs> isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> That's a big paper. Yes, I it mean, is. You know, compared to the local paper, which has diminished down to a couple of days a week. Anyway, yeah. last, last week uh, I was going to ask this question. What is white phosphorus? It, it's been referred to as, and I saw this white smoke on television, Um and I assume, for what they said, this was a good uh, example of the war crimes that Putin is um, having his troops engage in. Well, I, you know, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to try to find it here mm-hmm. um, while we're speaking. But I, I know there's been mention of Putin using biological weapons. Right. And, and uh, my thoughts are... Uh, whatever that that's worth is that I think it's already happened when he's damaging. When I say he, the missiles are damaging uh, chemical plants and other other things like that that are giving off these gases and taking on taking on taking over 
the uh, nuclear plants that are there. There's yep. a lot of nuclear plants in 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 Ukraine. Um, and then last weekend, and maybe a little before that, it was brought out about the um, uh, Mrs. Thomas, uh, Supreme Court Justice Thomas's. Uh, I guess with emails, and I guess you can't ever get rid of emails. I don't know. But yeah, I think it was texting. Well, those things, whatever yes. they are, emails, yeah. texting, all those go in the same category, I guess. But anyway, uh, being part of the, the January 6th, this is, <laughs> this is never heard of before. We've never heard of, at least I've never heard of, any Supreme Court justice spouse taking political stands and certainly behind the curtains and doing that. Maybe they do it. But uh, I was kind of amazed at that on, on some level. And then they also followed that story up with when they brought this before the uh, Supreme Court um, regarding uh, January 6th, um, he was the only one who voted no to take, to take it up, you know, before the court, which I found kind of interesting. But he a lot of times does, you know, vote um, along the, oh, I don't, shouldn't say party line because they're not really supposed to be party officiated, affici- aff- affiliated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just found that kind of interesting, and they may subpoena her. That's possible. They may possible. subpoena her to, yep. to tell what she explained herself, I guess you might say. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, like you said, uh, Supreme Court justices are not supposed to decide cases based on political affiliation. And, you know, when you mentioned about this never being heard of before, I have never heard of it before either. But it just seems like now with information being so readily available on social media sites and people getting involved in politics from all walks of life. And you've probably heard my stance on this, that I just think that, for instance, athletes, they get involved in politics. While they're playing their sport, they use their stage to display their political beliefs and my feeling is, my position is, athletes need to stay out of politics, and politics need to stay out of sports in all areas too, including what you just mentioned there. Sort of like, sort of like that, the woman that was before that body of uh, congressional people. I mean, senators. I guess they're senators. Um, be on the Supreme Court. Uh, stay in their lane. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Stay in their lane. Because you can influence, you know, the highest court in the land, and it's we can't do anything about it, but the members of the Supreme Court can do something about it. I think there are ethics violations in regard to this um, whole business. I don't know what those all are, but, you know, these are appointees for life. And um, what some experts on the Constitution have been talking about that um, – recently because they say there is something that can be done about that kind of thing. I've just never heard of uh, any Supreme Court justice spouse yeah, yeah, or children yeah. or any of that kind of thing, you know, trying to influence um, the, uh, the, the votes either way. So, you know, it's a it's an interesting world in which we live. And, is you know, to, yes. <laughs> anyway, I think I've often thought of he should step down, but I wasn't saying somebody could do him in. However, Russia, as you've just pointed out today, what was that? That little person, like not even was it three years old, three months, whatever it was, you know, being announced that they'll be the leader, the the czar. 
the whole history of Russia has been an interesting um, history that we're now learning about lately that, <laughs> you know, you, you, there's a lot of movies around it. What they didn't have what they have now, but I still say what I said a few few times back in the past, recent past with you folks is his aim is to take back everything that he, he believes, and maybe more, that he believes uh, belongs to the old uh, USSR. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I truly think that one of his main uh, uh, apprehensions is that he he feels threatened by NATO, and uh, he feels like that Ukraine, if they survive this, is going to join NATO, and I think Ukraine has made the, the conciliation that they, they are not going to do that, and I don't know if they ever were going to do it. So They were. They actually applied for it, I think, in the recent days. Did I they? Think okay. I heard that, yes. Okay. So, you know, yeah, it's just something that I think it's it's important to us. We cannot just go in the United States because then that would be, you know, uh, if it's not already and we're just not labeling it that, World War III, um, you know, we go along. And I think even uh, the European Union has gone along with kind of laziness, not thinking that anything's going to happen to them. But I guess over the last couple of years they have been improving their, their uh, military and putting money toward that. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just wish somebody of some sanity somewhere, but it won't happen in Russia because the people in Russia don't even know what's happening, a lot of the people. And if they do come out in the streets, they're immediately arrested. And, mm-hmm. then, and yeah. I think there are rules for then they put him in jail or they poison him like that guy they did. Uh, they poisoned him. He had to leave to go someplace, Sweden or somewhere, and get some good medical treatment. Now he's back. And he's back in jail again. So. Yeah, or they sent him off to the Siberian Peninsula, wherever that is, never to be seen again. <laughs> well, you know, Siberia is not what it used to be either. <laughs> yeah. now, we're, now we're seeing the permafrost, you know, the, the layer uh, under all that snow. And uh, I think over the weekend, your news, well, national news, did indicate that the South Pole has lost its, uh, yes. you know, Ma- Manhattan size or... I don't know, Massachusetts-sized iceberg or whatever, it's all melted. Yeah, uh, some of the mass of the ice is is uh, melting and more than usual is what they have said. Well, so. they said it's disappeared, but, yeah. but you know, I don't know what that all means. But, you know, you and I, we're, we're our ages, and um, but it's important for the people coming after us and all of your relatives that are, you know, younger than you are and the rest of the people you, you love and care about. Oh, um, sure. They're yeah. people. And, uh, but we don't live alone in the world, and I think people tend to put their heads in the shell. And the, well, what happens over across the sea, as they say in Britain, um, <laughs> impacts us all. So yeah. th- thank you very much, and thanks for uh, putting the radio back on the air because this is our only station that we tune to, and um, I-, I appreciate that very much. And thanks for taking over for Dave today. Oh, would you bet. Thank you. I appreciate your kind words. Well, you travel safe. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Bye. Bye bye. Uh, we've got uh, just about you know, 40 seconds left until 10 o'clock. So, uh, with that, we'll kick back in the music here. And uh, another time, we'll have to wake up our brains, so to speak, as a topic I was going to get to. But uh, we'll do that another time. Yeah, important topics going on around the world uh, today. So, uh, take care. Have a great day. It's going to get warmer here in the next few days anyway. I'll uh, return here in just a few minutes with Sentimental Journey on 970 
WATH. Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Will Smith seemed to shake off an onstage dust-up 